Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons. Up next is a sermon from Brother Gerald Crabb. We know this message titled, Hunted by a King, will be a blessing to you. Now, here's Brother Crabb. I want you to turn with me tonight to the book of 2 Samuel chapter 9. 2 Samuel 9 verse 1. And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the household of Saul, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Zibia. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? Jonathan hath yet a son which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Machar, the son of Amiel, in Lodbar. Then king David sent and fetched him out of the house of Machar, the son of Amiel, from Lodbar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was coming to David, he fell on his face. And did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thy, thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant? that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am. Then the king called to Zibia, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertain to Saul and to all of his house. I want to speak to you tonight on this subject, hunted by a king. A few months back, it was a Max Licato book that covered the 23rd Psalms. And I read a story in that book about a fellow by the name of Eric Hill. Eric Hill was a very fine young man, very well respected in his community, very interested in school and education and doing all he could for the community, went to school most of his life. He completed college. He was already receiving calls from all over the country wanting to hire him. Good employment opportunities. But one day Eric walked out the back door of his house, and he was never to be seen by his family for 16 years. Something snapped in Eric. Eric left his hometown in Florida and ended up in San Antonio, Texas, living on a vacant parking lot as a homeless man. You would see Eric walking up and down Interstate 10 with a long beard, and dirty clothes, ragged clothes. He was filthy. One of the most educated men of his 
community. He's picking up paper. His sister never gave up on him. For 16 years, she put out posters. She searched and searched and searched for her brother. Never gave up on him. 16 years later, Eric got thrown off of his vacant lot and lost his living place and moved to another location where they found him almost dead one morning. He was dying with cancer. Finally, somehow they found out his name and they turned him over to the county and a county attorney took over his case and and he, he, he said, you know, I've got to find someone related to this man. He's got to, he's got to have some family somewhere. And he went on the internet and he did a search for somebody looking for Eric Hill and found Eric's sister. Man, she was so excited. After 16 years, she finally heard from her brother. She drove all the way to San Antonio, Texas to see her brother who didn't even recognize who she was. He would have nothing to do with her. She tried to feed him, and he wouldn't accept food. She took a pen off of her dress. It was a pen of an angel, and Eric allowed her to pin that pen on his shirt. He's dying with cancer. She goes back to her hometown of Florida and can't get Eric off of her mind, and finally she gets an apartment in San Antonio, Texas. She is determined to reach her brother. Just a few days before passing, he recognizes his sister. She takes him to her apartment, and they have family time together before he passes. When someone asked her, said, why in the world would you go through 16 years, you never gave up on your pursuit. You know what she said? Because he was my brother. I got news for everybody here tonight. You've been pursued most of your life by a king. Been chasing you down most of your life. God is a God of pursuit. When Adam fell, God went after him. Where art thou, Adam? I'm looking for you. When Jonah ended up in the belly of a whale, God pursued him. Chased him down. Pursued by a king. Everybody here tonight ought to be shouting happy that he never gave up on you. When I think of this, there's a story in the Old Testament that comes to mind that is just, it, it is just, it paints the picture of God pursuing his loved ones. He told a prophet by the name of Hosea to marry a harlot. I don't recommend that. But God had a plan to show the nation of Israel how much he loved through a marriage. And Hosea marries Gomar. And Hosea and Gomar have children together. These children are living in a prophet's home, a preacher's home. They're preacher's kids. 
He's doing the things that prophets do, praying, seeking God, prophesying, doing those things. But all of a sudden, something snaps in Gomar. Have you ever noticed how the devil never gives up on you? Something pulled on Gomar. And she goes back to her old life. It's a sad day in the prophet's home. Just out of the blue. We don't know why. We don't know what's going on. But she left. Maybe she left them a note. There's sadness at the prophet's house. But God will chase you down. This is a picture of God's love for his people. Hosea said to those children, go plead with your mother. Listen to this. He sent preacher's kids to the red light district of town to find their mother. They'd never been there before. They were preacher's kids. They were raised around godly people and godly things. Now they're going to the bad part of town looking for mama. Can I tell you... God will chase you wherever you go. He'll go in places you didn't think he'd go in. Have you seen my mama? They're seeing people. They've never experienced anything like liquor on their breath. They're drunk. They're in a drunken stupor. There's fighting going on. There's all kind of sin and immorality taking place. They've never seen a place like this before. Have you seen my mom? She's about this tall, and she's got brown hair, and, and she's got dark brown eyes. And have you seen her? You Have you seen her? And all of a sudden, they come across her. It don't look like her anymore. Because once sin gets a hold of you for a little while, are you listening to me? Listen real good. Amen. I've seen people that stood in the pulpit, had the anointing of God on them. And and he said he would beautify you with holiness. Are you hearing me? But you see them six months later, they're backslid. You don't even hardly recognize them because the twinkle is gone from their eye. And there's anguish on their face. Sin will mar you, my friend. Don't look like mom. Mama, you look broken and weary. We miss you. We have cried. Daddy wants you to come home. Will you go home with us? Let's go home. Mama. We have missed you so bad. And can you see these little kids just loving on her and holding her? The Bible said she, she denied them. Refused to go home. And they went back. Alone. It was a long walk back home. Hear me? It was a long walk home. Tears coming down their little faces. And they get home and they say, Daddy, she won't come. She refused to come. You would think Hosea would give up. Not so. God is using this man to show Israel how much that he loved them. Hosea heard about an auction. 
Because I want you to know something. The devil will use you until you're used up. And he threw her on the trash pile. She's being auctioned off. And Hosea shows up. I don't know if she knows he's there. They bring the the slaves out. They're auctioning them off. And all of a sudden, they bring Gomer. His heart's about to beat out of his chest. He is about to see his wife again. That he can't quit loving. Can't. His heart's about to beat out of his chest. And finally, Gomar comes. And the auctioneer says, who'll bid? And he bids for her. And she hears that voice. I know that man. That man has told me many times he loved me. He told me that I'll take her for better or for worse. What's she doing here? I told the kids I didn't want to go home. What in the world is he doing here? She felt so shamed and she felt so beat down because she was on the trash pile now. She had failed. Are you hearing me? I promise you when she left, she put on the best she had. She left with pride, but now she is shamed on the trash pile. And he's bidden for her. Because God will never quit chasing you down. And we hear the gavel hit the table. So did the highest bidder. She turns around to look. It's her husband. What now? I can see this man of love walk up to this beaten down woman and put his arms around her. And her probably not even too ashamed to look up. Maybe he kisses her on the cheek and says, Honey, I've come to take you home. I know what you've done. And I know where you've been. And I know all about it. But I'm willing to forgive, and I'm willing to forget. Is that not a picture of Christ? My God, he'll chase you down and chase you down and chase you down till finally you hit the wall. And then he says, I love you. I've come to take you home. In the New Testament, we see Jesus as he begins to relate to them. He said, if someone loses a coin, that woman moves the furniture. She searches in every crack and crevice of that house till she finds the lost coin. And when she finds the lost coin, there is rejoicing. He wasn't talking about losing a quarter. He was talking about pursuing the lost soul. I'll pursue them. Whatever I have to move to get to them. Whatever I have to shove out of my way. I want to tell you mamas and daddies that's got lost loved ones. you got lost kids. you got lost grandkids. Keep praying for them. Keep God hot on their trail. Because he'll move whatever he has to move to get to where they are. And then he said, the good shepherd will lead. The 99 to go look for the one sheep that is going astray. He wasn't talking about a hundred sheep. He was talking about pursuing that wayward 
child. How many has ever been wayward? Raise your hand. Did he come looking for you? He left 99 and came looking for you. Pursued by a king. Are you hearing me? A king came looking for you. Hallelujah. A king came looking for you. In the fourth chapter of the book of Mark, we see Jesus. He gets in a ship to go to the other side. Read about it when you get home. He gets in a ship to go to the other side. It don't say where he's going. He just has to go to the other side. A storm comes. And Jesus just said, peace be still. When the ship anchors, Jesus steps out of the ship and steps off to a place called Gadaria. He was in pursuit of a man in trouble. You hear me? A man, other people had given up on him. He's crazy. He screams day and night. We've chained him down and he breaks the chains. He cuts himself with rocks. Mother said to their kids, stay away from that graveyard. There's a crazy man there. I don't know this for sure, but I'm pretty sure that he had a mama that probably was praying, God, my boy's in trouble. You know where he is, and you know what he's doing. You know what kind of mess he's in, God. You know it's a possibility she even knew where he was, Brother Farmer. Maybe she would go over there and throw a pone of cornbread over the fence to him. Maybe she'd take a loaf of bread and throw it to him every once in a while, talking to the Lord, please help my boy. But this day, he went across the waters. He said, I've got to get to the other side. There's somebody over there that needs Jesus. Hallelujah. Good God Almighty. Can you imagine? This man is demon possessed. He is possessed by so many demons that they call him legion. He does not control his own self. The devils control him. Are you hearing me? So here these demons are. They hear the storm. But all of a sudden, the storm went like you just hit the stop button and it went. When that happened, those demons said, "Uh uh-oh. He's here. (laughs) And the demons threw the man at the feet of Jesus. He didn't put himself there because he didn't control himself. Demons put him at the feet of Jesus, begging Jesus, please don't send me to him. And that man was changed, clothed in his right mind, saying to Jesus, in essence, I want to join your club. Wherever you go, I want to go. He didn't understand it all, but he knew. Hey, hey, you chase me down. Amen. Nobody else would come here. Nobody else would have anything to do with me. Nobody else would even talk to me. 
but you chase me down. Hallelujah. I want to follow you from here on. Dear listeners of Power of the Cross Radio, we're reaching out to you today with a heartfelt request that can make a world of difference. Our mission to spread hope, faith, and inspiration relies on your generous support. For years, Power of the Cross Radio has been a guiding light, bringing you messages of love, healing, and spiritual growth. But to continue touching lives, we need your help. Your contributions enable us to produce quality content, reach wider audiences, and keep the message of faith alive. Every dollar you offer is an investment in nurturing souls and fostering a community of believers. Join hands with us today. Your offering, whether big or small, holds the power to transform lives. Together, we can ensure that the light of power of the Cross Radio continues to shine brightly. Visit our website at www.cross.radio to make your secure donation. Remember, it's not just a financial contribution, it's a step towards spreading love, hope, and the message of the Cross to those who need it most. Thank you for being a part of this incredible journey. Your support fuels our mission, and together, we can make a profound impact. Now, back to the message. One day the king said, I must need go to Samaria. Went down there to Jacob's well. That was pretty unusual for Jewish people, because they would walk 30 miles out of the way to miss it. Because they had no dealings with the Samaritans. They were prejudiced. But Jesus said, I am in, this is what he's really saying. I'm in pursuit of somebody. I'm chasing somebody down. And I know where I'm going to find them. He knows where he'll find you. He may find you in a honky tonk. He may find you on your job. He may find you at the church house. Amen. But he knows where he can find you. You can't run from him. David said, if I ascend to the heavens, he's there. If I descend to the lowest of hell, he's there. You can't get away from God. And he goes down. And she shows up. She's one of them kind of women. And most church people wouldn't even speak to her. Thank God for church people that still believe in ministry like this church, like this pastor and his wife and this pastor. I know churches that have a snooty attitude. The church has run more people off than we'll ever get back. If Jesus was here today, you would not find him at the snooty church. You'd find him on the streets, probably Bourbon Street, walking up and down in New Orleans, looking for somebody that needed some help. Yeah, most people wouldn't have talked to her, but he's on a mission. I'm chasing that gal down. If I can get her saved, we got something. She showed up. He knew her. Give me a drink. How be it you being a Jew asked me a Samaritan to give you a drink? He said, if you would have asked me a drink, he said, he said, girl, let me explain something to you. This, this is a common language, okay? Girl, let me explain something to you. That water you're getting out of that bucket, it'll never satisfy you. You, you will never get enough. Have you ever noticed in the world, you never get enough? Two pain pills don't do it anymore. Got to have four. It won't be long. Four won't work. Are you hearing me? One bottle of Jim Beam won't fix it. 
You'll get another one probably tomorrow or the next day. One one shot of meth, it won't, it won't do it. you got to have more. One look at pornography, it's not the end. You'll go back again. Are you hearing me? That's the way the world works. You become upset with it, and then you got to go back and go back and got to have more and got to have more. But Jesus said, I've got a solution to that problem. If you drink of the water the world has to offer, you'll never be satisfied. But he said, I got some water. And if you'll just get a drink of the water that I've got, you'll never turn again. Good God Almighty, somebody give him a praise. If you've had a drink of the life-giving water. My God, my God. She said, well, you don't have a bucket. And the well's deep. He talked to her for a while. She said, I'll proceed. You must be a prophet. And then she got religious. You ever talk to people out there and they'd be cussing like a sailor? But then you invite them to church and all of a sudden, oh yeah, I know Brother Robson. He baptized me about seven years ago. We all about like she got real religion. Oh, we worship up in the mountains. We go to the mountain church. And you know what he said? This is probably what he's thinking. Lady, I walked a long way down here to get you. Now we've killed enough time. Let's get to the point. Where's your husband? She's thinking, man, I wish you hadn't brought. We've done pretty good till he brought that up. I can just see it. Well, I don't really have a husband. I just don't. Yeah, you're right. You don't. You've had, what, a five of them? And the fellow you're shacking up with now, that ain't your husband. You know what he did right there? He put her under conviction. Do you know God knows how to push your butt? Oh, I see these church folks wearing their hands. You almost need two pairs of Ray-Bans to look at them. Cause, but I want to tell you, God can put you under conviction real quick if he needs to. Don't get too high and mighty. I don't have any. You're right, lady. You don't. But I want to tell you this. Before she left and before he left, he done got a hold of that old gal. Here's the fact of the matter. He went down there to get the whole town. But he hardly ever does anything by himself. He said, I want to use somebody. So he got her, got her cleaned up and saved. And she went to the city. And everybody listened to her. She wasn't bashful. She knew how to talk to the men. Hey, come and see a man that told me everything is not the Christ. Thank God he will hunt you down. And when he finds you, you'll never be the same again. He hunted down a lukewarm church. Hunted them down. Showed up on their doorstep. Knocked on the door. And said, I'm out here knocking. If you'll open the door, I'll come in and sup with you. Because he'll chase you down. He chased down Simon Peter, who had seen him after the resurrection, but still he had some problems going on. After the resurrection, Peter... Peter was in a backslidden state. I don't know if you recognize that or not, but he was. He cussed and he lied and he went back to what the Lord called him from. 
Huh? Did he not? He went right back to where the Lord called him from, probably just like Gomar did. But the Lord chased him down. Peter's out there fishing. Some of the apostles that went with him, because when you go down, you don't go by yourself. You always pull somebody along with you. And he's out there fishing, and he ain't catching nothing. Because when you backslide and go back to the places you used to go, it ain't never the same. You can go back to the same old honky-tonk, amen, and they may have the same band, and you might request that same song, but it don't have the same umph to it anymore. Lucy Brown may be there, but she don't have the same dance steps she used to have. Come on now, because once you've had the best, there ain't nothing better. Can I get an amen? You'll never find it out there. And he went back to where he came from and it ain't working out. I ain't even catching no fish. He's mad, throwing things around. But somebody's chasing him. He don't even realize it. When the sun comes up, there's this guy waiting for him over on the bank. Catching anything? Actually, he said, has thou any meat? But in the Greek or in the redneck language, it's catching anything. No. We fished all night and hadn't caught anything. He's so backslid, he don't even realize who he's talking to. Well, why don't you put your nets on the other side? Put them over there, caught more fish than you could get out. He said, I know who this is. Been there and done that. And he jumped out of the coat. Bible said he, that boat, he put a coat on him and jumped out of the boat and swam over to see who was chasing him. And it was the king. Are you hearing me? The king chased him down. Peter, I ain't giving up on you that easy, boy. Ain't, isn't that awesome? I'm not letting you go. I got too much invested in you, boy. I'm not. My God, you've been on the mountaintop with me. You've been in the garden with me. You ain't getting off that easy. Somebody's getting this right now. I'm speaking to somebody right now. You have felt the Holy Ghost. You've seen the healing power. You've seen the miracles of God. God ain't letting you go that easy. He ain't giving up on you that easy. Go feed my sheep. Buddy, Peter fathered him to death. Chased down by king. David, at a time when he could have become arrogant, Saul did. Sometimes when people get promotion, they forget how they got there. Bill Gaither told me and my wife one night, he said, if you ever see a turtle on a gatepost, know that it didn't get there by itself. But some people forget. It's all forgot. David could have been arrogant. He could have forgot. He could have. But the humble man he was and the respect he had for Saul I've been reading this for the last two weeks. The book of First and Second Samuel, just going through it slowly. He blows my mind. 
Saul chases him all over the country and tries to kill him. And David has the opportunity to kill him, but he won't do it because he said, God forbid that I touch God's anointed. So you would have think at this time David had forgot about Saul. Saul's dead now. He's out of my hair. He's not chasing me. He's, try, he's not trying to bring me down. But the humility that he had and the love that he had and the respect that he had. He said, is there anyone left of the household of Saul that I might show him favor? Kindness for Jonathan's sake. Jonathan was Saul's son who was like David's brother, closer than a brother. Somebody said there's a fellow by the name of Ziba who used to work for Saul. And Ziba comes up and David asked him, do you know anybody left of the family of the household of Saul? Is there anybody? He said, I know one. He's a little crippled boy. He was dropped when the enemy came in and overthrew the kingdom. The little babysitter dropped Mephibosheth and he was crippled from that day forward. Yeah, I know one. His name Mephibosheth. He lives in Lodbar. Lodbar, I'm told by theologians who have written about this, they said it was the slums of the town. It was the ghettos. It was the bad part of town. This is the grandson of a king living in the slum. And he's crippled. And he's not crippled because of his own self. He's crippled because somebody else crippled him. Are you hearing me? And he's lived with this for about 17 years. He's about 17 years old. He's lived with this. Man, I'm the king's grandson. I'm living down here just eating a meager amount. Just, I'm not having what I should have. Does anybody love me? Where is my family? Does anybody care anything for me? David said, go get him. The king began to pursue the forgotten, the hurting, the broken, the downcast. And Ziba shows up, says, Mephibosheth, the king's looking for you. And he gets the little crippled boy up and hauls him to the kingdom. Mephibosheth, he don't have a clue what's taking place. He don't know what's taking place. The Bible said he falls on his face. They set the little crippled boy in the floor. Probably on his little knees. And when he sees the king, he falls to his face in reverence and humility. What would you want a dead dog like me? Speaking of a, a position of humility. Why would you want? I'm lowly. I'm nothing. Do you know where I live? Do you, I can't even walk. And the king said, son, from this day forward, you will sit at my table. You will eat from my table. There's a special seat with your name on it. And not only that, everything the devil stole from you, you're getting it back. <laughs> Come on, are you hearing me? 
I got news for you. If you'll stop and just surrender to the king, everything the devil stole from you, he'll give it back to you a hundredfold. You know, Ziba who went to get him, that's the work of the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost that goes out. The Holy Ghost can go in places. It can go in clubs. It can go in nightclubs. It can go in the bars. It can go in the dope dealer's house. Come on now. It may stop you from getting in, but I've got news for you. The Holy Ghost knows how to get in the back door, and Zippa was the Holy Ghost who went chasing him and brought him in. And I don't know if you realize this or not, but in that last verse, David said to Ziba, everything that was Saul's is now his. You worked for Saul. You get it? And now you will work for Mephibosheth. Amen. That Holy Ghost is going to work with you. (laughs) Woo! Now, some people can't get this because they don't understand it. They don't realize. They, maybe, they, maybe they haven't been chased like I have. 27 years ago, I was a backslidden church of God preacher. I was a drunk working in a car wash. Hated church people and hated churches. Didn't ever want to preach again. Didn't ever want to go back to church. If I saw a church person on aisle six in Walmart, I'm going down aisle two. Didn't want anything to do with them. You hear me? Didn't want to sing gospel music. We had us a little place. We was playing country music. What's amazing, at this time, my daddy was saved. I'd prayed for years that my daddy get saved. Now he's saved, and I'm backslid. My daddy would come by the car wash and cry his eyes out. Here's what he'd say. He'd say, son, I'd love to hear you sing again, but I'm not coming at that old place where you play that country music. My daddy would cry. Are you hearing me? Backslid, running from God, miserable. There wasn't a happy day in my life. Are you hearing me? I never had a good day. I never had a happy day. Couldn't drink enough beer to chase it away. I couldn't go to the places and have enough fun. There was no fun there. You hearing me? I was chased by the king. Everywhere I'd go, I'd bump into him. Everywhere, every club I'd go in, he'd be there. Every stool I'd sit on, I was sitting by him. When they locked me up in jail, he went to jail with me. Rode in the paddy wagon to take me to jail. Never gave up. Chased me every step of the way. One day in my car. It was a rainy day. Nobody getting their cars cleaned up. The devil showed up. He began to speak to me. He said, you have failed your family. I had lost everything, man. Old car I had was a piece of junk. You didn't know if it's going to start or not. Tires was as slick as this piece of wood. Windows busted out. Devil showed up and said, you failed your family. You failed the church. You failed God. He said, you don't even deserve to live. And I agreed with every word he said. He showed me a lake. I knew where the lake was. He said, if you'll get on that hill, you can drive your car right in that lake. But guess what? I found out that day that the devil is the prosecuting attorney. Because he threw the book at me. But when he got through with his speech, 
my attorney showed up. I didn't deserve an attorney. I didn't know he was going to come to Marty Bright Cause. I didn't know that he would chase me there. But Jesus Christ spoke to me as clearly as I can hear myself now. And he said, I love you. And when he said, I love you, Brother Farmer, I fell on my knees in the mud. And the first words out of my mouth was, please forgive me. And a few months later, I'd write a song that would be the first number one for my family and nationwide. Are you hearing me? I wrote a song called, He Came Looking for Me. Satan had already picked out my grave. His plan had been made to put me away. I drifted so far. Would anyone care that I'd soon be lost? This is the truth. I knew my destruction was a matter of time. Then Jesus showed up and said, this one is mine. Are you hearing me? He chased me down to mighty bright car wash and turned my life around. Picked me up out of the horrible pit. Set my feet on a solid rock. Established my going and gave me a brand new song. Stand with me. He's got the table set with a place for you. Heavenly Father, I love you so much. I'd be in hell right now without you. I don't know why you love me like you did. I don't know why you kept chasing me. God, I praise you. I honor you. But now I'm coming home. Heads bowed all over the building. Nobody moving. I want to ask you a question. The how many of you be honest with me tonight in this house? Be honest. You'll raise your hand about that and say, Preacher, I've been running from God. Raise your hand right now. Get it up. God bless this hand. Here's another hand. Here, come on, get them up real high. I want to see them. Here's another hand. I know I'm not where I need to be with Him. I've been running from the Lord. I need some help. It ain't working out like I thought it was. This is not what I... Thank you for tuning in to Power of the Cross Radio. We hope these moments of inspiration have stirred your heart and uplifted your soul. Our mission is to share the timeless message of hope, love, and transformation that the cross represents. But we couldn't do this without you, our dedicated listeners. Your support breathes life into our broadcasts, enabling us to reach even more people with this powerful message. As you've experienced firsthand, the words spoken and the music played have the ability to touch lives and bring about positive change. If Power of the Cross Radio has become a source of encouragement and light for you, we kindly ask for your help in sustaining this ministry. Your contributions, whether big or small, make a significant impact in keeping this radio station on the airwaves. By partnering with us, you become part of a community that is spreading love, faith, and healing to all corners of the world. So please, consider supporting us financially, sharing about us with friends and family, and returning to listen. Let's continue this journey together, as we dive deeper into the profound message of the cross and its transformative power. Thank you for your unwavering support, and we look forward to having you right here with us again on Power of the Cross Radio. Remember, your involvement truly makes a difference. And until next time, stay blessed.